Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're here for yet another podcast. We're podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And now that I've said all the obligatory stuff, why don't I just say that I am VA and I am here with a Gavi supporter, aka Tim. Hello, hello. And lifelong Gavi lifelong, supporter. Lifelong. Life, lifelong Gavi supporter for about one afternoon. Yes. So been like five hours guys oh gosh yeah he he um he divided divided the chat so okay and then and then as you heard now we also have mandy hi she's guesting for nick who's away on assignment playing a hockey game and we're hoping that jeff will be able to jump in at some point because he's stay-at-home dad dr jeff and uh dr julie is on call so we'll see we'll see what happens last week it was not as successful because he did get called away by his new boss but that's okay but that's okay mandy has uh, mandy knows more about hockey than i will ever that's know that's not true it not is true. true it is true or i even it so, is not true. It's very true. So just accept it. Take the compliment. I hope Jeff can pop on because he's a good, uh, he's our dissenting opinion on one of the matters today for sure. Well, I'll try to hold off on talking about that for as long as I can. Then. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, <laughs> Jeff is so burnt. <laughs> <laughs> he just does the pigeon. <laughs> He wears la, saddle la, shoes and a linoleum. <laughs> no, Bert, listen to me. <laughs> L is such a lovely letter for words like licorice and lace the way L lights up your face. So la, why don't you la 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 with me? Yeah, I had that tape. <laughs> to put that on. It's for you. That's a banana. <laughs> <laughs> <Banana phone. laughs> anyway <laughs> that's okay it's not what i haven't told him before and every time i've said it he looks at me like he would like to kill me so hey he's hurt what do you know anyway we'll hold off on talking about the trade stuff as much as we can but in the meantime we can talk about our soft predictions, which um, Mandy, you did not participate this week, but I can tell you how you did the other week. Um, uh, we, I did not do so. I, it was not good. Well, none of us did. Yeah, we had a rough week. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Okay. Where is that? Where is that? Where is that? Um, I had it written down somewhere. Where did I do it? Uh, oh, yeah. You were 3-0-1 oh, and, and we were all wrong. We were all wrong yes. that week. Very wrong. That was a bad week bad week no so, bueno yeah we buried the puck on that and we've moved on mm-hmm. this is me being all old school here and flipping the pages of my notebook uh okay yeah so last week um we had uh basically three of us and a listener contestant we had four games to to uh to choose from for our soft predictions basically the bruins uh said hey you know what we're just going to win all the games. We've won all of the games. They won all the games. So how many times can I say they won all the games? They won all the games. So Except I said that one we went to. Well, yeah, but that was in the week. Before. Was that a different week? Okay. Yeah, that was gotcha. a different week. I wasn't yeah. sure when you're. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a different week. But uh, yeah, that game. Oh, God, that sucked. So oh, God, 
so so angry i flames flames on the side of my face yes yes exactly (laughs) they burnt they're hot they're burning (laughs) (laughs) madeline gone was the best (laughs) she really was uh, so I said three zero and one with Dallas being the overtime loss, and I was correct, and they went to overtime, but I was wrong. So I was wrong. Yeah, and Tim said wrong though. Yeah, technically, uh, we got to the overtime. We were right about that, but we were wrong about the results. So that's good. I'm happy to be wrong. Happy to be wrong because that's a different of uh, a difference of one point. So yeah, and Tim also said the same thing, and he was wrong, but. Nick, Nick said four and O and he was right. Nick was right. Nick's an expert. Oh no. He's very bad at picking. (laughs) (laughs) He got this one. I mean, Tim did just say, Tim said like eight, eight and O at at one point with all the games and and he was not right, but that was funny. Um, but but Nick was four. It was four now. He's right. And Jason M, who always picks it as soon as he listens to the the episode, he also picked four and zero. He was right. He has unbridled optimism, and we're very happy about that. You think Jason uh, M is Jason Magna, who used to live next door to me? <laughs> no, he doesn't spell his name the same right way. Oh, with that goofy ass Y. Yeah, and I think yeah. didn't he get traded to Seattle or something? I think that was the other Magna. Is it Jacob or Jason? I don't know. I There's don't two know. of them. I'm not sure. They both spell their name stupid, too. I swear anyway, it was a deal between the, the Sharks and the Kraken, but I could be wrong. But anyway, uh, no, it's not. It's not your former neighbor. I'm very sure of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that that's how that went. And uh, OK, that's good. I'm glad. Glad that all of that's wrapped up. We'll talk about games later on. Well, we'll talk about games that are coming up later on. So we could get into some of these games if we want to, while we're waiting to see if Jeff will pop on. Yeah. So of course the Dallas game was on, on Valentine's day, which I swear to God, the Bruins are always playing out of town on Valentine's day. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. nope, you don't get to see your lovely partners, wives, girlfriends, fiancés. You don't get to see them. You have to go on the road with the boys. It's just how it is. How empathetic of you, because I thought of it as, oh, it's Valentine's Day and I can't go to a hockey game. But how nice <laughs> of you to think of them. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's how it is. Although were the siblings were the siblings on the trip at this point. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So they had their siblings. So that was that's kind of nice. Hmm. Um, I read something about how the Anaheim Ducks did a siblings uh, trip way back in like 2015 or 16 or something. So, um, so it's not, you know, it's not completely unprecedented, but this is the first time the Bruins have done it that I know of. So that's really nice. So they, the uh, siblings got to come and watch them come from behind and win. Yep, That is almost the best kind of winning. For sure. We can talk about the regular part of the game. Okay. We had. Hall scored his 16th goal, which is great. He needs to score. We had Hints and Robertson. Robertson was in on both of those. Can I tell you, I think that, I think Jason Robertson's cute. He's a cutie. He's cute. 
And he's very talented. That's the more Mm -hmm. important thing. So of course he was going to score his own goal. And it was a beautiful goal that he, he did eventually score because he basically had a give and go with uh, Pavelski. Mm -hmm. And Pavelski backhanded it to Robertson, who just snuck it by Ulmark. Yep. And then Zaka. Zaka, who's been on fire. I know, Tim. I know, Tim. I know. I know. Zaka. I'm a huge proponent of the Czech line. Thank you very much. uh, Yes, I I love the checkmates myself. Yes. And those hats that they were wearing yesterday. We'll talk about that later. But yes, those hats. Hot, hot. So Zaka from Carlo and Pasta, that was another one of my favorite goals because Carlo just was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to, uh, uh-oh, I've got an update on Jeff. Not going to make it. Shouldn't have said I could when flying solo. Ah, poor guy. All right. All right. That's okay. Oh, well. That's okay. That's fine. All right. So that we don't have to wait so long to talk about trade talk. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, I think we all pretty much know Jeff's point of view, and we can argue around that. Um, but anyway, p- man, Carlo just skated that puck through the zone. Lindholm shot the puck to Pasta skates. Carlo catches it and skates through the middle of the zone, passes to Zaka, and boom, there you go. Tied 2-2. And then the overtime period was like, oh, my God, it was so good. It was. First, first of all, it lasted three minutes and 44 seconds. And of that three minutes and 44 seconds, thanks to a Brad Marchand penalty early in uh, the, the overtime period, you had, who was it? Was it Lindholm and Carlo, I think? Or was it Forbert and Carlo? Oh, it was. I think it was Lindholm. Yeah. Lindholm and Carlo were on the ice for like a minute 55 of that yeah penalty and and basically i it was mcavoy who came on it, because they stayed four and four because there was no stoppage yep. so basically uh mcavoy came on uh with like 15 or 17 seconds to spare so uh but it was pasta with the winner his 39th goal for mcavoy mm. and zaka and uh he <laughs> that shot bad angle shot as it was but he landed on his butt (laughs) and on his back and it it was like the reverse bobby (laughs) (laughs) so did you i did is it just me or after pasta got the 39th goal did it feel like it took forever and i realize it only was three games but (laughs) Did it feel like it took forever to him for him to get to 40? Like I was like, oh my God. Two go two games. He got blanked. Did you feel like you were happy Gilmore yelling to Pasta, who is the ball? Why don't you go home? Are you too good? Not like you're home. home? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. I I, it took forever. imagine that we were like we went two whole games without a goal from you this is unacceptable man he sucks so much crazy <laughs> we gotta buy that guy out <laughs> I, yeah don't extend him just let him, Trade him at the deadline <laughs> that's it Trade him at the deadline. 
<laughs> what a headache that guy is. I prefer <laughs> my pasta al dente, and this one, he's cooked. <laughs> How spoiled are we? <laughs> spoiled rotten. <laughs> I love it. Next game was Thursday in Nashville. On the 16th, obviously, what was really great about it was uh, the siblings all went and got cowboy hats and cowboy boots. And I hope that their siblings who were making all the money forked <laughs> up the cash for that. I'm guessing they did. <laughs> and Ling- Lindholm's sister had like matching pink hat and boots, which was cute. Mm-hmm. Is this the game or w- was it the Dallas game where uh, Bergeron's brother, Guillaume, wrecked the place? It was probably the other one. It was probably the Dallas game, right? I think so. Where he I could be he, wrong. Yeah, I don't know. He wrecked one of the places. It was great. You know, it, it might have been this one because Bergeron scored. I don't know. But you know what? I'm not really going to get too much into this this, this game because, um, you know, the, the Preds were really fighting. They were really, you know, they're desperate for points. You know that. But man, they had no answer. They couldn't get out of their own way. No, they had no answer for the the five goals for the Bruins and Swayman got a second shutout and it was beautiful. And yeah, I mean, apparently everybody had a great time down in Nashville. Nashville's a cool place. Everybody should go. Mm -hmm. I like it. And not just because they have hot chicken. It's just, it's kind of a cool place. I want to go at a different time of year next time. So also that was cool for that game where after Swayman got the victory there, the siblings made a tunnel in the back and chanted Swayman's name and Swayman ran through it. So that was fun. He made his sister run through it first. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) They're all feeling it. And then Saturday's game rolled around. And of course they're back home. And I think the siblings were at that game too. So that's nice. They were. Yep. You know, it's against the Islanders, which this, this year's Islanders are not it. They are not the moment. Well, the Bruins had already beaten them twice. So really, really sweet victory. And just a way to cap off the siblings trip. They beat the Islanders six to two. Six to two. Let's see, Felino had at least a couple of points on the night, right? Cool. Yeah. Freddie had Freddie like, had two goals. Two goals. Ah oh, man. Debrasque Debras came back. Our Lord and Savior. He came back. And the first thing he did, two minutes, 19 seconds into the first period. Oh, delightful. I know. I know. So it's like, what a wonderful way to do it. Just score all the goals. Make them pay. Make them lose. Yeah. Like, and 6-2 isn't a close game. But, like, that score is, like, closer than the game actually was. (laughs) Which is weird to say. But, like, it is. Like... It was 6-1 after two, and the third period, the Bruins, they were up 6-1. Yep. Matt Martin scored, conciliatory goal. Olmark uh, let in two, but that's not bad. Who cares? Varlamov is not the goalie he once was, and they had both Pulak and Pelik back. So they had just had an emotional victory over the Penguins the night before. I get it. And they won against the Penguins again yesterday. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but they just, you know, they, they didn't look like they were all there. And even when they are all there, they, they haven't been 
uh, the team that we're used to seeing. Eh, what can you do? Is this the first year without trots or is this the second year? I can't remember. It's the first because first, won- yeah. yeah, because um, Winnipeg wanted him and he was like, no, I'm, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yep. Your, your Wi-Fi is terrible. I'm not coming over there. Um, <laughs> that's what he said, I believe. So, yeah. So, and Sorokin, game. the better of the goalies. We the Bruins kind of lucked out that it was the second. It was that Sorokin played against Pittsburgh, and then they got Varlamov. Right. I mean, yep. it's very well. It, it very well could be that this was a planned loss. Yeah, second half of back back against the Bruins. I mean, I could see that in in the Islanders' mind being a planned loss. Oh yeah, yeah. And then we had yesterday's game. Against the Ottawa Senators, the Ottawa Senators who like to play spoiler. They seem to be the only ones that can, they, they seem to, we seem to be the only ones they spoil. <laughs> well, no, they oh, beat, the, they so beat the Leafs at, at, at uh, Toronto six to two in one uh, game. Yeah. It was hockey night in Canada, Friday night edition. And I watched that game with glee. Uh, <laughs> Because it was like, yes, let's see it, you know. So we're not the only ones who get beat by senators. So yeah, I, I, I'm look. I am happy for the senators in the respect that uh, Melnick is not the owner anymore, and they're going to be sold hopefully to somebody who will be a good owner, somebody who might get them into downtown Ottawa somehow. That would be good. Somebody whose name rhymes with Schmein Schmeltz. Oh my God! Wouldn't that be the awesomest? Oh my God! Oh, I love that. I w- yes. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I've had a crush on Ryan Reynolds ever since I first saw him on Two Guys, a Girl, at a Pizza Place back in the <laughs> in like ninety eight or ninety nine. I bought that box set. I bought that set. If you're interested in watching it, <laughs> you can come on over anytime, Mandy. We'll watch a young Ryan Reynolds, who was like almost age appropriate i think he was a little younger than the role he was playing but whatever yeah i i bought that box set because it was like 25 bucks and i was like <laughs> yes yes please all three seasons nathan fillion's in it come on <laughs> it's like yes that is a that's an interesting thing to know about me there we go and yeah so it would be great if he, he bought the team brian reynolds is so busy doing so many things how does he have time i don't know Anyway, they're they're building the team again. It's going to be something good at some point. It's not quite there. They've had to deal with some really hurtful injuries and all of that. But, hey, I think if the teams in the Atlantic, if the bottom teams start getting better, that just makes the whole division better. But also, in that game against Ottawa, the Bruins were kind of getting goalied for a little while until Pasta broke through. Yeah, with that second goal, and I was and I was worried about it. I was thinking, I was like, "Oh my god, we are getting goalied by Ottawa again." We had this discussion yesterday. Yeah. Yes, we did. We did because we were there. We had that conversation because it's like I don't even know who this guy is. I'm like, "What happened to Cam Talbot?" And then, then Mandy reminded me that Forsberg is out because he collided very dangerously between a player and the uh, and the goalposts. So. Yeah, with I think his he's head. still out. I, I could be wrong, but yeah. Well, I mean, remember last time we got goalied by Cam Talbot, and Cam Talbot right. is a fine goalie, 
he's fine but he he looked like a Vesna candidate <laughs> yeah well we we also make backup or third string goalies you've never heard of look like Vesna candidates for example Kachetkov this all this goes all the way back to like Chris Terreri backing up Marty Brodeur like I mean if it, if they're a backup who you should not lose to they will almost undoubtedly shut the Bruins out. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Remember when Tuca would be playing and there would be some guy who's new to the NHL, never scored a goal, and guess who would score that night? <laughs> new guy! <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then the fodder for the Tuca haters would oh. live on forever. Those people are the worst. He just saying, welcome to the NHL. Here's your first goal. It may not be any more that I will give you, but here's your first goal. So, like, it was fine. Kind of him. Yeah. Yeah, very kind of him. So, I don't know. But anyway, yes, it looked like we were going to get goalied yesterday. The team, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have the strength of their siblings anymore you know and it was apparent and they were just like oh i'm not really sure but they got through i well first of all okay i would challenge the senators to play a game without interfering all the time they were extremely interfery yesterday yes yes there was one sequence where trent frederick uh, frederick let's try it again trent frederick was being held behind the the goal along the board forever he just wanted they just wanted to cuddle yeah well do that on your own time senators guy (laughs) (laughs) so there was just like so many calls for uh, interference and all that and whatever and oh but you know i think maybe one of my favorite moments of yesterday's game was when we had three players in the box all at the same time brought up some warm fuzzy memories man it had, living up to our reputation yeah we had smith we had bergeron we had lindholm all in the box at the same time uh of course lindholm at least went with another uh, with a senator's player so it was a you know it was even it was, you know that was the only time lindholm got to sit down for the whole game yeah, because he was out there for about 84 minutes. Um, every I swear to God, every I, time, like, I I did not ever not see him out there. I, I just turned to Mandy. I'm like, have you seen any other defenseman out on the <laughs> ice other than Lindholm? I mean, I would see Carlo from time to time, but th- that's natural. That's the pairing, right? So, but it's like, <laughs> really, have you seen anybody else? I mean, I well, guess it's- I guess it's McAvoy good did have three three assists, so he was. Well, and there. McAvoy actually played more minutes than Lindholm, but I think that I think it's it's a good thing that we're noticing him, and it's not for making mistakes. Yeah, we just <laughs> we just notice him because he's on the ice all the time, and it's like, yes. oh, there's Lindholm. He's getting the puck up. Oh, yep, look at him doing that. Oh, he, he's trying to take a shot. Oh. You know. Yeah, it's not like um, you know, why you notice, say, Matt Barkowski or John Moore or Zvoral or Kevin know. Miller before we understood him. Kevin Miller when they were asking him to play top pair yeah. when he's a sixth defenseman. Right. Yes. Right, 
right right so <laughs> um but yeah I, oh wow the senators really did get interfery holy cow i was just looking at the at the penalties yeah they really did <laughs> but as we all know a senator getting touchy feely at an inopportune time is pretty standard in today's yeah, world. And, so, and generally interfering <laughs> in things, yes, yeah. <laughs> so it fits. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Uh, yeah. So again, we had Jake DeBrust starting it off for us. It took a long time. I'm not going to lie and say I was a starting to get a little worried and maybe a little bit bored through that i would like to interject there and tell you that i have been extremely impressed with mr debrusque and i am so proud of what that kid has done in the last year after requesting to be moved out of town and who could have blamed him at that point i guess but man what a turnaround huh yeah like he's he's invaluable absolutely priceless super important indispensable part of this team i think jake's been doing a lot of stuff off the ice too Mm -hmm. uh maybe some personal improvement stuff i know that he is uh dating a doctor and i Mm -hmm. there are rumors that he that she's helped him clean up his eating habits so because his eating habits were mcavoy used to make fun of him for like uh fast food and stuff yeah yeah so uh and all the oreos like a sleeve of oreos and (laughs) all of the coke he's like i don't drink water i i drink coke and it's like oh my god okay (laughs) i mean i i get it uh you know but i drink a lot of water (laughs) (laughs) along with my diet coke so uh and yeah i have a, a a set limit of diet cokes i can have during the day because i'm just like i can't i can't do it anymore i just gotta I can have these and then I, I have lots of water, tea, whatever, but not, not anymore. But anyway, yeah. So I think that he's done a lot of uh, stuff off the ice too, but I think he just got sat one too many times under Bruce Cassidy and that was enough. And I think it was a multitude of things. I think, I think it kind of started with the getting his head bashed in, um, in the playoffs by um Kadri yeah playing the Leafs and then you had the pandemic hit which he's a he seems like he's a very um outgoing people person and having to be alone like that was tough for everyone but I think it really hit him hard and then on top of that you can't even hang out with your friends on the team yeah exactly they said that the single guys on the team really had a tough time you know yeah yeah and think about the players that had tough times it was him and it was Corelli for sure they there was a drastic change between what they had been and what they were at that point so yeah and all and on top of all of that the 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 concussion the getting your head beat in the pandemic you get sick for a few games because and people are telling you how bad you are at your job like yeah anyone's that's going to weigh heavily on anyone. And I think, I think probably like, like you said, he's dating someone he's gotten himself, uh, his cleaner eating habits. I think he's removed far enough removed from being concussed that he's probably in a better, his head, better headspace probably, and things like that. And 
on top of that, he's playing for a coach that believes in him, which yeah. it, which a lot of the time it felt like Cassidy didn't, and it felt right. like a lot of the fan base didn't. Yep. So I think that like everything's kind of turned around because of that. And honestly, that little mini extension that Sweeney gave him instead of trading him. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. He gets the all move. the credit in the world for that. And I can remember saying last year, like, well, I really hope that he stays, but I, you know, that like, I, I doubt that that's going to, you know, cause I just felt like I was being too optimistic and thinking that they would find a way to make him stay, you know? And, and then when it turned out that like, yeah, it was clear that Butchie was a big part of it, of why he wanted to go. Um, oh, here he is. He's, he's, he's here. He's not going anywhere. And I think they're, I think he'll resign when the time comes too. Well, I, yeah. I think he's one of our guys that's going to be here a long time. That would be good. You know, I mean, I can only imagine that he maybe doesn't want to have the same life that his dad had in the respect that his dad did go from place to place. I mean, well, it happens when you're a face puncher and that's. Yeah. 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 But also, I think I think also um, what and this was probably part of it being so tough of people telling him how bad he was at his job and stuff like that. He embraced Boston from the start. He loved yep. playing here. He absolutely – I mean, remember that goal that he scored against Toronto in the playoffs, and he's, <laughs> like, pull, she's, he's pointing to the crest on the yep. jersey. Like, yeah, this is this is it. Like, I mean, he embraced everything, and to have it totally backfire on him had to yeah. feel like crap. Yeah, and, you know, I got to say, uh, not about backfiring, but about his <sighs> – not his game, but his, there's something about him, like the, the fire that he has and the excitement that reminds me of Luch in that when he gets pumped, everybody gets pumped. It's contagious. Mm. Um, you know, like he scores a big goal and everybody's like, fuck, yeah. You know, like they lose their minds. And, and that was kind of that thing that, you know, Luch in his prime kind of had that, that same thing. You know, where like he could just get the team going by doing whatever and everybody would just lose it. And I think DeBrusque totally has that and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Like look at look at him scoring in the winter classic and you see Taylor Hall jumping up and down. Oh my god, Hall is out of his mind excited. <laughs> like, I mean, he was beyond himself. And he even said after the game, like I would have liked to score, but he was so happy that Jake oh my god. could score. It was awesome. Well, if we didn't, if if Jake had decided after the first period when he had injured his thumb that he couldn't go anymore, then we <laughs> would have been it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're lucky for that that he makes bad decisions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it was really hard to figure out exactly where he he fit in the lineup too. He's not going to be Bergie's left wing because we all know who that is, and he just didn't play as well with Krejci even before the pandemic and stuff as well as he probably could have. And part of it might've been, you know, some post-concussion symptoms. Part of it just might've been like, just still trying to find his game. I don't know. Sometimes it just is what it is, you know, like it's, there isn't always a reason, you know? Right. Right. I know we, I, I always want to find a reason, but sometimes there isn't, but once 
Cassidy moved him over to that spot on on his offside, which I will argue would have been his regular side anyway, had he not tried to emulate his dad so much that he switched up his shot when he was a kid. <laughs> so he decided he wanted to be a left shot instead of right shot, even though he's naturally a right shot. But OK, so anyway, they, he put him there and it seemed to work. And it obviously it worked. It's still working. You know, comes back in two games and scores two goals. That's that's working. That's working. And I think also part of it is too. Um, I mean, at a lot of times with Cassidy, his unwillingness to break up that top line, and then um, Monty's willingness to break it up and put Krejci with Pasta, and then as much as this pains me to say, the emergence of Zaka. It's helped. It, I think that's really helped DeBrusque because it put, allows DeBrusque to play with Bergeron and um, Marchand regularly. And look what's happened. Right. Yep. Tim, as much as you may not like the circumstances uh, as to how Zaka came here, you should be happy about Zaka doing the the goal stuff, even if he doesn't get a hat trick and prove his love. Thriving. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's doing positive things for the Boston Bruins. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take that. We'll take that. That's <laughs> that's like, it would, it would be one thing if I hated him and then he had like, you know, 10 points in 60 games. I'd be like, all right, this guy. Yeah. But, I can see it. Yeah. But he's doing positive things for the Boston Bruins. And that's always a good thing. So, I may dislike him right now, and I may dislike the circumstances, but it, just keep doing positive things. That's all I have to say. Well, Tim, I will tell you that as a person who has changed their mind about various players, you have the power to do that at some point if you want to. We saw him do it today. Yes, we did, because, like, yeah, we'll get to that. Let's just finish up this game. <laughs> okay so drew old guy scores for the senators boo that was at the nearly the end of the first period so it just sucked the air out of the room and then we decided we needed to go downstairs and be herded like cattle and then that was a mistake because the seats were so tight oh how yeah i know um my bones we changed it up before the third period. So we'll tell you about that exciting circumstance, but late in the second pasta finally scores the 40th goal. Finally, we had to wait so long, so long for it. Mm-hmm. And of course, McAvoy's in on that one. Like he was on in, uh, on the DeBrusque one, you know, and then finally in the third, Oh, wait, sorry. How did we change it up in the second? We went up and sat in the lounge chairs that are, in the bar above that section we sat in the lounge chairs and talked about old boston buildings and new boston buildings and are things that where we think they are and and yeah and then mandy told me about how she was dragged around boston by her siblings all the time so that was cool on the elevated green line because i'm old that's okay i mean i'm old too <laughs> we appreciate old. Um- I'm less old, but I'm still kind of old. That's true. Yep. Yep. You just recently turned more old, too. I did. A whole year older. 
whole year older. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So then pasta in third. Oh, uh, yeah. You already told it about that. Blah, blah. Pasta in the third. 41st goal. <laughs> was that the one that was the crazy McAvoy pass? Yes. McAvoy was yep. like on his knees and he like backhanded it to him. It was like oh. great. And, and, and pasta had a, uh, a breakaway. And then he was like, da, 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 five hole. because he's so good at that so pasta had the chance to score again late in the third there was like an empty net goal uh i mean empty net and uh he was just trying to find a way to get crazy to score a goal so that's so sweet he's so giving Uh uh-oh we lost mandy yes we did she'll get back on yeah, so he's trying to find a way to get uh, Krejci to score. Krejci did have a point on the night on the uh, first pasta goal. He wanted him to have his own goal. He's such a good kid. Uh-oh. Let's see what this is. Uh-oh. That does sound like magic. Uh-oh. Lost the call. Power just went out. Wi-Fi too. Oh, boy. Oh, no. So I just told her to join when she can. Okay. So, yeah. So that was a good win, three, not three to nothing, three to one against uh, Senators, which is great because uh, the Bruins do not have to play them in uh, Ontario again in Ottawa. Uh, and thank uh, God, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, the Bruins don't always just lose in Ottawa because I think that they won against the Leafs there, so that was good. But anyway, I was very happy with that result. So. Hooray! I mean, it's always sucky when you see them lose at home. Yeah, Capitals. Yeah. So, and then now they've won again. So they're back to their winning ways. Yeah, for sure. It's it's nice to getting it's nice getting the wins at home. And McAvoy had an assist on all three of those goals against oh Ottawa, my God. Which, which was nice to see. Like he's really showing that. Like he doesn't have as many points as some of the other defensemen, but he also missed time. So he's only played in 43 games, but he's got 39 points already in those 43 games. So he's almost a point per game. And he's really showing that he's an elite player in the NHL. And um, that extension continues to look better and better that they signed him to. Mm -hmm. And his career high in points was last year at 56 and I don't think that's out of the, even though he missed time this year, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he catches that. Nope. And another player, another player who has surpassed their previous career high is Hampus Lind- uh, Lindholm, not Landholm. Oh God. Hampus Lindholm. <laughs> he's been a revelation. Uh, he's been, he's been so good. And like, he's been so good. Even last year with uh, Butch Cassidy as the coach. He's he's just been excellent, and I think I think he he seems like ever since he got to Boston, it seems like he's happier, and that's 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 the biggest thing. A lot of times with these players, you know, change of scenery means all the means everything to a player. And he just seems happier. He seems to be enjoying himself. Um, the locker room is very close knit, even with the new guys that have come in with. Um, Zaka and Lindholm and all and Ulmark and Swayman, these newer guys that haven't been here for very long, 
are fitting right in. And I think that just goes back to the culture that was cultivated and started with Chara and Bergeron and Bergeron's kind of kept it going since Chara's left is just, you know, a welcoming locker room uh, with guys. And I think that that means all the difference in the world to a player. Well, I was reading something, an old article by Matt Porter of the globe who, who I saw uh, right after the Capitals loss, <laughs> I said, Hey, Matt Porter, it's good to see you. He's like, it's good to see you too. And his, his, everybody at the table looks at me and they're like, do you, have you met him before? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something too. I almost shouted out of my car yesterday, but I decided not to do it. As I was driving out of the parking garage, I saw Goalie Bob and Joe Sacco leaving. Oh, man. But they were talking to each other, so I did not want to interrupt. But had they not been talking, I would have been like, Goalie Bob! (laughs) That's funny. Let's get back to Lindholm and that Matt Porter article. Lindholm knew going into last season that they weren't resigning him. They offered him a lot of money, but less term, which they already knew that he did not want. He wanted more term and, and he didn't, wasn't as, as up on the money. Uh, He didn't need a a lot of money. Then he realized that all of the people around him were going to get traded. One of his best friends and his former roommate, uh, Raquel was getting traded. They were getting rid of Josh Manson and everybody. They were getting rid of uh, all sorts of people, not, not the young guys, but the older guys. So he's like, okay, well, there's really no place for me here. Basically when his, uh, his agent was given the permission to talk to other teams and he talked to uh, Don Sweeney. And of course his late, his agent is Claude Lemieux. He said, well, you know, Boston had been in on me for a while, but uh, I definitely wanted to go there uh, because uh, it seemed uh, that everything was really agreeable. And I liked the town because it kind of reminds me of European town. But now, venturing away from that article, I'm going to extrapolate a little bit. Guess what? His family has visited like three times now in the time since the begin- the season started. Because they started, wow. uh, they visited um, during the beginning of the season. And they, all, they were happened to be in town when they were filming the My Story on Nesson. Yep. So they participated in that. And then they came for the Winter Classic. And then his sister just came last week. So it's like just a few hours. So it's uh, it, it's probably pretty nice for him to, to be able to have that. But he now has 36 points and his previous high, high was 34 and he still has many, many games to play. So- he does have many games to play. He's He's got his assist total. So it's, the most assists he had had in the season was 27 in that 34 point season. So. Um, he's got 30 assists. The most goals he's scored in the season is 13. He may not hit 13, but he's definitely going to continue to pull past that um, that point total. Mm-hmm. And Zaka has set a new career high in points as well. 36 was his previous high, and he's got 38 right now. He's got 25 assists, which is actually one more than the most assists he's had in the season. And he's got 13 goals. The most goals he's had in the season is 17. So he could very well break that as well this oh, season. 
so many breaking records. Linus Ulmark has won the most games he's ever won by a lot. I mean, he he met that mark early in the season. <laughs> and he's got a 1.88 goals against average, Ugh. a 937 save percentage, um, which is insane. And to top it all off, Swayman, Swayman started out rough, but since his rough start, he's now in the top 10 in save percentage and goals against average. He's seventh in save percentage with 918 and fourth in goals against with 2.21. So I saw something where since like the middle of December, he's been the best goalie in the NHL, something like that. Yep. I think you're going to win on that Jennings trophy prediction. I I think so. Good for a while, but it, it looks like it's happening more and more. Yeah. They just, uh, they just continue to play well and, Omar's up to 29 wins, which is most. Vasilevsky is second in Tampa with 26, which isn't surprising because Tampa Vasilevsky basically plays like 60 games a year. So, like, that's not surprising at all. So, the Bruins are doing things. They're doing they're doing good things. They are. They are. So, I'm very excited about all of that. And I want them to keep winning, 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 winning as much as they can. But if they have to have some losing stuff, do it before the playoffs. So, yeah, get it, get it out of the way. You know. I mean, just get it done. And they're twenty-four, two and three at home, uh, nineteen six and two on the road, wow. and they're at plus ninety-two goal differential. Oh my god, it's so sickening. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just absurd. Yeah, that's just, I mean, I think, so the top goal differential in the league last year was 94, and that was the Panthers. And the Bruins were at 92 right now. Right. So that's pretty, that's pretty insane. They've only given up 118 goals in 56 games, which is uh, by far uh, the best. I mean, the next closest is Carolina, and they've given up 147 in 55 games. That's absurd that that's the closest. The Bruins have also scored 210 goals, which is the most goals scored in the league as well. The next closest on that would be the Rangers at 190. Oh, no, excuse me, the Devils at 195. And they've played the same amount of games. So the Bruins have scored 15 more goals on the Devils in the same amount of games. Wow. It's wild. Yeah. Just insane. Unbelievable. Wow. All right. Well, now we have to transition to talking about the trade deadline. Yeah, it's coming up quick. It is coming up very quick. Now, I think since the last time, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. The, since the last time that we spoke, uh, Toronto pulled off a pretty big trade. They did. They, they traded for Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Nola Chari. <laughs> and the other night, Achari scored his first goal for Toronto, and Ryan O'Reilly has scored his first two for Toronto tonight. Ugh. So bad. And they were like they were like thirty seven seconds apart. Ugh. Ugh. So, Leafs fans are going crazy. 
and happy about it. But, I mean, I don't know. All that just to lose in the first round is crazy. <laughs> they somehow managed to get St. Louis to retain half of Brian O'Reilly's salary. And they brought in a third team, the Wild, who got some picks, basically, to take on the other 25% of the salary. So they're only, you know, the, the cap for Ryan O'Reilly is a quarter of his salary uh, right now for the Maple Leafs. And that sucks because they may be able to make more moves because they had to put Matt Murray on LTIR or something like that. I don't know. Right. But, but uh, I don't understand how the wild who have their own cap issues or got involved here, but whatever. I don't know. Yeah, same here. And uh, I just, it seems to me that the Leafs' problem wasn't scoring. It was defense, as it always is, yep. and goaltending, as it always is. Yep. And so, I mean, when they play a team that plays good defense, like a Tampa, like a Carolina, like a Boston, just planning on outscoring them is not like ideal. Right. Right. You got, you've got to actually shore up your back end. <sighs> I, I'm not worried myself. I just thought, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, okay, so the Canes didn't get, uh, didn't get Ryan O'Reilly. And I'm really hoping that some other team gets in there and gets Timo Meyer, which it's rumored that uh, the St. Louis blues want to get him, which is fine. He's an RFA. Uh, his tender, his qualifying offer has to be like ten million. They could probably get around that by screwing around with AAV and extending him or something. So, I don't know. Not my problem to worry about. It's not going to happen here, just as long as he doesn't go to the Canes. The Canes are the team I'm worried about. If you're wondering, they're dangerous. They they're the they're dangerous. They play they play a really good defense. That's their biggest thing. Is they play superb defense. They always play the Bruins tough, even like, you know, with the years that the Bruins were better and beat them in the playoffs, like, except for the, was it the bubble year where it was like four or five game series, except for that. I mean, they've, they've played them tough and they've got 82 points on the year right now. They've only given up 147 goals. They've scored 188. So they score a decent amount too. So they do everything. They're like a Bruins light, kind of, because they kind of do everything the Bruins do, except the Bruins have better goalies. Yep. But they still have problems on the road. They do. They're, they're, they've, they're 19, six and two at home and they're 18, four and six away. So they have more problems on the road, but, and they're hot right now. They're nine and one in their last 10. So they're, 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 they're definitely hot. They've, and they've won three in a row. So, you know, they, they're a tough team. They're not going to be easy. I think they're the team that I'm most worried about in the East. Oh yeah. Even though, even though the Rangers got um, Tarasenko, I'm not really worried about the Rangers as much. I think the Bruins match up well there. Not really worried about the Devils. Although, the Devils do play really well on the road. Um, mm. They're 21-4-3 and three on the road. So they play extremely well on the road. But not really worried about them. It's, it's Carolina, especially with that series last year. 
Um, it went seven games, but the Bruins could not break through mm-hmm. in Carolina. Nope. Nope. So that's why I think home field uh, or home ice advantage is very important. So very much so. Uh, that's why the Bruins have to stay ahead of them. That's all. That's what I worry about. And I just don't want them to add big pieces because they have the ability to once they put Pacioretty on LTIR. Yeah. And like we said last week, he might never ever come back. So yeah, it's yeah. not great, is it? No, it's not. I he retore the same uh tendon. And typically when that happens, it's it's a very, very long road to come back, and it's very likely to not really happen. I mean, uh, one Achilles is tough to come back from. Like this, like just once. Like it's that's I think that that's like kind of taken over as like the new ACL yep. is like the the Achilles is really the tough one, and to have it have the same one happen again, I mean that's just that's devastating. Yep, it's unbelievable. But when they said the time frame that he was coming back, I'm like, not a full year. That seems ridiculous to me. I think Ooh, they. I don't know about that. I think I'm too. Yeah. So does Mr. Morgan. I hear Mr. Morgan. He's very, very vocal tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that he's got his opinions on Match Petrietti coming back. He's very adamant about it. Yes. Okay. Well, then just take it from Mr. Morgan right now. There you go. The big thing that came out today, and it's been going out for a couple of days, is that it, it sounds like the Bruins and the Columbus Blue Jackets have a deal in place for Gavrikov. They're just waiting for Boston to clear Craig Smith's salary somehow via trade. Right. Is that accurate? Uh, David Pagnota tweeted out that uh, he's from the fourth period. That's like his website. I believe he's like the editor of that said that they have a framework of a trade in place. And the talk that he's heard is the package has been a talk of a first third first. It says first slash third. So I don't know if it's a first and a third or if it's a first or a third in a package, but Boston has to clear space. One player they're shopping is Craig Smith. However, Columbus won't wait forever. It's understood that if another team swoops in with a competitive or better offer, they could go that route, but the bo- the puck is in the Bruins' court, basically to try to make money work. And he also went on to say, adding Gavrikov could surely eliminate Boston from any chicken talk as well, which makes sense because if you have to clear off space for um, Gavrikov, doing another deal to try to clear off space for also chicken seems like it would be pretty difficult. Right. But yeah, it sounds like that's. Potentially true. I know um, Jeff threw in our group chat a tweet by Matt Porter saying, despite the report today of a deal in place of the Bruins pending clearing cap space and stuff like that, there's no agreement, but they are talking. And that was as of Sunday, and it still remains true today. That's what he. That's what Porter said, because I think Matt Porter um, had a story about it on Sunday saying that there was they were talking basically giving up a first is a lot for Gavrikov. Yep. it is um giving up a first and a third is a lot a lot especially for a pending ufa and for a pending ufa that 
wouldn't exactly move the needle in some people's eyes. He's more of a, in case of emergency, more of a depth piece to most people and not like a star. So first and the third would be a lot. However, I am all in on getting him just because <laughs> of our discussion from earlier. It seemed like a lot of people were down on it, including myself at the time. But I have changed because <laughs> this is what I do. I latch on to players that people don't want. And so I am a lifelong Gavrikov supporter for about, like I said, an six afternoon. hours now. Yeah, six hours. Yeah. I, I feel like Gavrikov makes sense if you decide that Craig Smith is such a liability or not Craig Smith because you're presumably trading him out. He is an idea if you want to go 7D and 11 forwards in the playoffs, which I'm not sure that's the way to do things, but because I, I know that that John Cooper does a lot of 7D stuff, but I don't know if he does that in the playoffs. But yeah, if you wanted to play 7D during a game, but otherwise, I don't think it quite makes sense. Like last year when they picked up Lindholm, they made perfect sense because he filled a need and he fills it very well. And then they picked up Josh Brown for depth and Josh Brown played a game or two before the playoffs. And then we never heard about him again until Hampus Lindholm got injured and we needed a, a, a guy to be in there. So I, I just feel like as much as this team uh, or Don Sweeney is shell-shocked from the idea of like uh, every year we lose defensemen and it does happen every year we lose defensemen and he's not exactly confident in Jakob Zaboral. I get that, but you also have Mike Riley who presumably will still be here if he's not moved during the trade deadline. And I also think he's injured right now. And you have Anton. Well, he's been playing in Providence. Yeah. They've both been playing in Providence. Right. Right. So you have those guys and Mike Riley can play either side. So you have defensive depth and yes. Okay. The move, the needle move. All right. Okay. Fine. Who's out of the lineup then? That's that. That's what it comes down to. It's like, the obvious uh, or not the obvious, the answer that people have been coming to have been uh, there's two. There's uh, Matt Grizzlick, and it's purely because of his size, purely because of right. his size, not because of what he can do or or what he does. It's purely size or Forbert, who some people think Gavrikov's better than Forbert. I mean, he obviously plays up higher in the li- uh, lineup, but like Forbert's putting together his game here pretty well on the PK, especially, right? He's a PK specialist. He has two shorthanded goals, which leads everybody uh, on the Bruins. I don't know. And he's very defensively solid. So I just don't know. I don't know if adding Gavrikov does anything to really move the needle and Chikrin unknown, unknown if he would, because again, very injured prone somehow, hasn't played in any big games. I mean, I would, like I said, if I brought him in during the summer and then he had a full season to play and ramp up to that, that would be one thing, but I don't know. I just don't trust the chicken thing. And I just, again, okay. If you, if you traded for chicken, Arizona has already said they're not keeping any of the salary. You have to jump salary to get him and probably presumably a roster player 
even though they don't want a roster player, I guess, but, and top prospects. And it's like, well, Lorai and Lysel, I don't want to get rid of them right now. I'm not sure. ready for that. You know, Urho, that was understandable. We've seen Urho. We weren't sure what Vakanainen was going to be, you know, so we sent him to Anaheim. They want to go younger. We wanted Lindholm. It worked, you know? So I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like my honest, my honest opinion. Uh-oh. Bippity boppity boo. Uh, I know. <laughs> that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Uh-oh. I don't think that she'll be able to um, come back, but that's okay. We'll just finish up. We'll, we'll talk about this. Sure. I feel like, honestly, the, the need that we need to worry about is right wing. Yeah. Center is a, a future issue. And like, if worse comes to worse, you have Felino and you have Zaka who can play center. Yeah. You know, you have Trent Frederick who plays center. You've, you've got center around that. That's fine. Marshan is far removed from his natural center days, but he could also play center. You don't in a pinch if you really need to. Yeah. Right. So I'm worried about right wing because we know what right wing looked like, um, especially top right wing looked like with Jake DeBrusque out. And I'm not saying Jake DeBrusque is injury prone. That's not my, my thing, but if you knock out one of our right wings, then we have a problem. Yeah. If you knock yeah. out a right wing on the fourth line, we've got Chris Wagner who can come up and that's fine. You have Jacob Lauko, uh, Jakob Lauko. You have those, but if you get up higher, that's a problem. So, you know, there's, that's why in some ways getting Timo Meyer, is he right wing? Is he left wing? I don't remember that helps it out a little bit, I guess. I don't know, but it'll be too expensive and you have to flip them by the um... Timo is a right wing, but he's a left shot. Yeah. Okay. So he's a Jake DeBrusque basically, which is what we need. So it's like, if you could somehow trade for him and then flip him at the, at the draft, then that would be worth it. I think. I think you could also, I think you could also get away with, because like, yeah, he has the $10 million qualifying offer, qualifying offer. If you wanted to keep him, you don't have to actually qualify him. You could say, I'm not going to give you a qualifying offer. He would then become a UFA, I believe, but then you would be able to negotiate a deal beyond that, an extension of sorts. Um, So, or even if you even get him in the building, you could, you could negotiate an extension during the season and then you don't have to worry about the qualifying offer. So there are things you have to do. Um, I doubt, I mean, maybe the Sharks would be willing to let you talk to him about one. I don't know if he wants to do that because I mean, holding on to that $10 million qualifying offer is kind of a smart idea for him. Maybe if you give him a deal that he's maybe can give him a little longer term um, and a little shorter AAV, maybe he'd be willing to do that. I don't know. He's his cap hit on this year, I think is like 6 million. So you'd have to probably, I imagine if you want to sign him to an extension, you would have to give him, um, more than six million, right? Um, so, actually, yeah, with with pasta, that's probably not doable. Yeah, you would probably have to thinking about that. Yeah, you would probably have to trade him at the uh, flip him at the draft, which is fine because then you're not. I don't know. It's not you're not wasting 
you're not wasting assets. You're getting an asset that could help you win a cup this year. And then on top of that, you're getting some assets back. Yeah. To me, that's an all in move. Yeah. That is an all in move. And that is, that is a move that I would support. Um, if, and I think that Sweeney somehow could pull that off. Maybe if he, that's the type of move you do for the first round pick, the third round pick like, that's the kind of, I think the Gavrikov thing is more of a, Hey, we'll give you a conditional, like that type of player is where you're like, we'll give you a conditional third or something like that. That could turn into a second, maybe something like that. Um, whereas a Timo Meyer is a first and a second, a first and a third, whatever, you know, that's the kind of move you go all in with. Gavrikov to me is not an all in move. And Timo Meyer is, that makes sense. Right. And I wouldn't even, uh, people think that Chikrin is an all in move and I don't think it is. I think the, the all in move is Meyer. There was one move that, or one set of moves, I guess we'll say that, that Jeff said today that was very interesting to me. And I, and I've been thinking about it ever since. So here we go. We're going to have Jeff in here through me. He suggested two deals getting Bukestad out of Arizona Mm. and getting Luke Shen out of the Canucks. Now, Luke Shen is the depth that Don Sweeney would want. Um, yep. yep. Uh, uh, he's not the greatest defenseman. He's not the worst defenseman, but he is the depth that you would want. Is he going to move the needle? No, but c- can he come in and play in when you need him? Yes. Uh, but Bukestag, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, is a right wing. Um. And if if he could play all three positions, that would be beautiful. I seem to remember he was a right wing. Hockey reference says he's a center, but he also shoots right-handed. So I'm going to look at um, cap friendly just because they have a tendency to talk about what the player actually plays. Um, Yeah. uh, So uh, no, Nick Bukestag Uh, center, right wing. Um. He is a $900,000 cap hit. Um, Which is beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. You could fit him in somehow. I like that set of moves because it gives you the, you improve at right wing. You can play him basically in the third or fourth line and you can move things around if you need somebody uh, up higher. But I like that move. I like the idea of getting Luke Shen. Uh, These are not huge moves. And I know we want that huge move. I mean, look, if Timo Meyer is out there and you can get him, that's the move I would get. Right. So, but I am intrigued by those sets of moves that that Jeff has suggested because I think they they would suit the team very well, and you don't have to give up the stupid amount of assets that you would have to for Gavrikov and Chikrin, who to me are unproven. So, and with Timo Meyer, you'd probably have to see if. San Jose is willing to take on something because six million is his his cap hit this year. So that's the the Bruins can't fit that under theirs without some finagling. Well, I would maybe sweeten the pot to have them take on um, Craig Smith. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. I mean, ideally, you try to have them take on Craig Smith and also retain some salary. Um, That would be phenomenal but i don't know how you can convince them to do both things in one deal without some sort of sorcery so 
Yeah, we don't really know how uh, Mike Greer works per se. Uh, yes, he did trade Brent Birds out of there because, well, diminishing returns and very sure. expensive. But he didn't ask for much of anything for him back. So I think that Mike Greer's very aggressive uh, in in his dealings. And he also said that he wouldn't part with Timo Meyer unless he he got a real deal. The biggest difference between Meyer and Burns is Meyer is a chance to recoup some assets for a pr- player who is likely to leave in free agency. Right. And he's a young player. He's a he's only 26. He's good. He's wanted. And Burns is in his mid-30s or whatever it is and was on a deal that was less than ideal uh, for teams taking back. So even with the $10 million qualifying offer, I don't think that's going to scare teams away from trying to go after Meyer just because there are so many different possibilities to skirt around that in terms of um, just not offering one and, or in terms of trying to offer, get him to sign an extension or in terms of flipping him at the draft and making it some other team's problem. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that you can kind of do. And I imagine if, like you said, we've said earlier that St. Louis is trying to trade for him. I imagine if St. Louis tries to get him, that that would be, they would do all everything in their power to get an extension signed. I mean, keep in mind, if St. Louis does get Timo Meyer, I'll be happy in the respect that he's not going to the Canes. Right? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know what the Canes need or want or will do, or if anything, but uh, I don't want that asset to end up in their basket. So, yeah, no, I don't want that. So, uh, I'm not terribly upset about Ryan O'Reilly going away because I can't stand him. No, I, I knew there were rumors. I did not get to this last week that Nick Benino was uh, potentially a good fit for the Boston Bruins, and I was just like. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any I don't have any animosity towards him. I, I don't really care. I just think it's hilarious that he blocked me on Twitter. It's fine. Um, but it, sometimes it's hard to root for somebody who blocked you on Twitter. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but and anyway. the other there are other players that have been rumored you know Patrick Kane's another guy that's rumored I'm pretty sure that the Blackhawks still haven't actually made a decision to trade him yet which is wild but they still haven't made that decision here you know a couple weeks away from the uh, deadline yeah Um, I think he's they're allowing him to make that decision so oh interesting because Taves is not going to be traded They've agreed to that because his long-term or his short-term health prognosis is unclear. So they feel like it wouldn't be fair to trade him and then he doesn't play uh, where I'm sitting there like, give him to us. We'll use the LTIR. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. My gosh. We'll send you Craig Smith. <laughs> I would love the LTIR money. My gosh. Yeah, but you have to have the space on the cap first and then transition him and then yeah it's it's dumb but it's what you have to do so ah uh, yeah so it's gonna be exciting to see what happens i'm not saying i don't trust don sweeney i i i i, I do about this but i have to say the mitchell miller signing 
really uh, made me not trust him as much. So I, I have True. to, I have to just, I have to trust that, you know, they know what a good thing they've got going right now and they're going to make the best decision possible. And I think we'll see what happens. The biggest thing I would say too, is don't overreact about the Rangers getting Tarasenko. Don't overreact about the Leafs getting Ryan O'Reilly no. because those teams are doing things like that to catch the Bruins. Yep. Like that's, that's the biggest thing you have to remember is the Bruins are in the best possible position they could be in. I mean, this, they could have more, having more space on the cap would be nice, but in terms of their players, in terms of their position in the standings, they're in perfect position and teams are trying to catch them. So it, you would rather be the team that's trying to be caught rather than the team that's trying to catch up. Well, actually, I think that the, um, the Leafs are just trying to figure out a way that they can beat the, the lightning. That's true too. Because um, uh, basically that's, that's the need they've identified. They've got to be able to beat the lightning. And I would not want to face off in my, the first round against the lightning in this playoff. Um, we saw the lightning Last game that they played, uh, the Bruins played against the Lightning. They turned it up to playoff mode like that, and that was it was a tough game. So it was it a was. very good game. It was a very good game. I really I enjoyed it. But game, it, games with Tampa Bay are always tough. They're always going to be they're always going to be hard hitting. They're always going to be um, grinds. They're always going to be. It's just how it's going to be because they have a goalie who's proven that he can be elite in the playoffs. They have defense. They have scoring. Uh, they have a good coach. Yeah. I mean, I think the the lucky thing for the Leafs right now is they do have the, if they faced, well, right now they have three points up on the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have two games in hand. So they're neck and neck with each other. I think, I think, the, the most important thing for that series is going to be whoever gets the uh, second position because the Tempe Lightning are 21-4-2 at home and the Maple Leafs are 22-6-4. And, um, and then on the road, the Leafs are 12-9-4 and, and Tampa's 14-13-1. So whoever gets home ice there Ooh. is super important. Yep. So that that's why they got Ryan O'Reilly and – uh, Noel Chari. And for the record, I'm more upset about Noel Chari than Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I could also, you know what? Not Ryan. Uh, no. Uh, Noel Chari was like very cheap this year. He signed a one year, very cheap deal. And we could have just had him, you know? Yeah. So it's like, uh, I come back home, you know? But anyway, it's not to be. It's okay. I'll get over it someday. Just like I got over or, or will get over that trip that happened, that totally happened, that Kelly Kelly Sutherland did not see and did not care about. Okay. And uh, and what the Leafs have done is they've moved Tavares off of center, which is hilarious. So yeah. they're playing Tavares, O'Reilly, and Marner maybe right now together or something like that. Yeah. So that's kind of, I find it hilarious that they had to move, that they decided to move Tavares out of center. Their big free agent signing center of the future. (laughs) 
is now no longer a center because of Ryan O'Reilly. Yep. And his weird shaped stick. Stick, I said. Stick. Stick. Very important distinction. Yes. Yes. I don't know what the other thing looks like. I don't want to know. All right. Tim Hortons might know. (laughs) Oh, no. He was just a dick to them. No, anyway. (laughs) All right. So we'll figure out what's happening with this trade deadline stuff. I think we will record like one more time before that. Presumably, we'll record one more time before that. Yeah, because the deadline's the third. So, assuming we record next, the 27th or 28th? Pending? Yeah, something like that. I know. I think the Bruins play the 28th, if I'm not mistaken. I was looking at their schedule. They play the 27th and the 28th, and we are going to go through that in just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll figure it out. um, Yeah, we'll figure it out. We, we may not be able to do a an evening recording, but yeah, we'll figure it out. We will talk more about that next time. Now it's time for us to move on to the games of the week. Woo-hoo. Okay, so Thursday night, they start their westward swing. The last westward, no, it's not really the last one because I think they still have to play like Minnesota and all that crap, but that's a Midwest. Okay. So they're going to be playing against the Kraken in Seattle on the 23rd at 10 p.m. That is Thursday night at 10 p.m. Yep. Not looking forward to seeing that to staying up for that. But uh, then Saturday, a reasonable time, they are squaring off against uh, the Canucks in Vancouver at 7 p.m. That's the 25th, Saturday, the 25th. Then they have a break on Sunday and then they play a back to back. Monday, they'll be in Edmonton against the Oilers at 8.30 p.m. Hmm. Not a great time, but not the worst time. I mean, that's oh yeah, it's 6.30 uh, Edmonton time. Okay. And then Calgary the next night on the 28th, which is Tuesday, against the Flames at 9 p.m., which again, not the best time, but not the worst time. So yeah, so I put all those games out there. So we have four games to talk about. So I have to think about this. Hmm. 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 Ah, uh, my instinct is to go three zero oh, and one. Uh, I think my one is uh, it's going to be Calgary. I was actually thinking the same thing because the the second half of back to back. Yep. Kind of, kind of just do that built in loss. But I still think they get a point out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they get a point out of it. And we'll have to ask Mandy, Jeff, Nick, everybody else later, which I keep saying I will do and I keep forgetting to do. So we'll figure that out later. And okay. So those are the games of the week. Based on Brad's comments today online, the games in Seattle and Edmonton should be interesting. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. 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 They should because... Like nobody wants to play all star games there, <laughs> and no one. And then someone called him a, a a whiny baby or something like that, and he's just like, "All I'm saying is no one's taking less money to stay at those places." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Brad does himself no favors with the other fan bases, but we get a kick out of it. 
I I love when Brad Marchand decides to log online. Oh my god, always on the road trips. He's like at home. I got too much to do. I'm bored, you know. And he doesn't have Tori Krug anymore to to do the back and forths about you know the the, the hotel. Who's taller? Yeah, and who's <laughs> taller? So I feel bad. We need another short king for Brad to make fun of. But anyway, yeah. So basically. You know, the, the the idea is if the all-star game is in warmer climes, like down in Florida, players don't mind so much making mm-hmm. a stop there because almost always their break before or after the all-star break is spent in some tropical paradise in the Caribbean or in Mexico or something. Right. So it's right. like not too far. So it's like you know you had people going to Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic and and uh, the Bahamas and Turks and Caicos. You have people going there all the time for those breaks because you know just because they play a winter sport doesn't mean they want to be in the cold all the time. So sure. so players are willing to go and play the the All Star game for that reason. But now if you're going to have it in Seattle, that just makes it hard. People have or to Detroit. interrupt their vacations. You know, or Edmonton. And, you know, I know that that the Jacobses improved the garden for the reason that they wanted um, they wanted to have a draft or an all-star game there. Well, probably I don't know if we'll ever get an all-star game there, but getting a draft is what they want. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's worried about Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I don't think they need to. But that's okay. So I think we should wrap things up, Tim. We we sure. held down the fort. We did a good job. I think we did. Yes, I think we did. So uh, listeners, of course, these are our opinions and we're kind of like your dumb friends. So if you have any differing opinion, go ahead and shout it out at us. That's fine. I'm going to tell you where you can do that. Uh, you can find us on twitter at barely on topic you can find us on facebook at barely on po- uh, barely on podcast okay let's try that at barely on topic podcast uh you can find us uh, you know to listen at soundcloud I, presumably you can leave comments there i find those things a little hard to read sometimes but yeah you could do that there too and you can find us everywhere to listen to of course and you can find us uh you can co- talk to us at our twitter handles of at VA from RI. Ooh, I almost said it opposite. That would have been funny. Uh, I am at Tim A. Richardson. Jeff is at Dr. Hand Grenade. Nick is at Nick Baggio. And Mandy is at Phony Mahoney. Yep, with an E because somebody took It's Barely in Topic. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. You know, an E before the Y because somebody was a jerk. Oh, yeah, with the Mahoney. Yes. 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 Or with the phony, phony part. It's always with the E with the Mahoney, but not not with the phony. So, but anyway, uh, yes. So that's how you can get a hold of all of us. Uh, Tim. Thank you. 